Hi, I'm Beth Guckenberger, and welcome to the Punch First Podcast. Oh, today we are in the middle of that combat acronym, Todd, and M is one that you and I talk about all the time. We talk about, it's like one thing to confess your sin and one thing to figure out where it is that he's doing it and how he's trying to bite on our Achilles heel, but the whole idea that he could use one of our bad choices or personal weaknesses or or relational um, challenges and get more mileage out of it than just us, it just makes me mad at that devil. Yeah, you know, and I think on a practical level, like I think um, you and I have, have, you know, there's obviously there's the the deep serious things when you really blow it. And I, I can share a story later about that. But the, but like even in our disconnect, you talk about marriage and this, and when, you know, a married couple gets an argument, you and I have learned to lighten, lighten up a little bit, like oh gosh, yes. not take things so seriously and laugh about it, you know, like almost hey. like gallows humor. Yes, <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. not funny to anybody else, but to us in the moment, if you don't laugh, you might cry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, and I think, I think that actually is, is maybe even a tactic to against the enemy. Like we are not going to take this too seriously. We're not going to be mad about this in a week. Why would we, why would we be mad? about it now and we're kind of we have evolved to become over communicators i mean that's one of our strategies yeah heck yeah and i, I mean i think uh, fyi or the hey just so you know or 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 even a clarifying did i understand you correctly because i think that's helped especially you and i, I mean we're we're probably off the charts in communication with each other but i but i think it it definitely alleviates the opportunity for the enemy to kind of create a uh you know, a thought or, oh, I better, you know, what did they mean by that? You know, it it just gives us some clarity really quickly. The other night we were uh, at dinner with our friends, Matt and Julie Cooper, and Julie is one of our trauma experts here at Back to Back. And she was talking to us about how our brain can hardly discern the difference between feeling loved and being heard, that it, it, it has the same effect on us. And I think when we're over communicating, we're not just talking at each other, we're listening to one another. And that in the end ends up galvanizing us and kind of feels like it sticks it to that devil. Yeah, I think in, you know, where my weakness might be sometimes is making sure I'm actually focused and paying attention rather than being distracted. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> when you ask me a question that I just told you, I'm like, I just said that. Yeah, I think you you talk faster and use bigger words and more things. So I have to retain more information. So it's really not, in all fairness, I'm only going to really capture a percentage you every time. You think that's so, how that works. Yeah. yeah. And they say the average person has to hear, well, the average teenager has to hear something eight times before they remember it. And I'm kind of, I'm still really young. You're still growing. Yeah. <clears throat> well, this, this particular day talks a little bit about the relationship between fear and anger. And you and I, you know, had that lightning bolt of understanding when Dr. David Schooler did a training for us here at Back to Back about the fact that that anger sits on top of fear and all of its forms passive and aggressive and so now we when we see a child maybe angry at a coach or at another sibling or a teacher or us or themselves or whatever we ask ourselves i wonder what they're afraid of and try to address their fear than just match their anger and we do that in our marriage too yeah uh, very much so. And and the the unique thing about this is if, you know, say I'm angry, which I tend to, that tends to be my go-to emotion. Uh, you If you say to me, okay, what are you really afraid of? Sometimes that can also feel like another attack. So mm-hmm. it's not like you need to jab somebody, but, but if, but it's said and addressed in the right way, you can say, hey, 
Are, are you tell really, me more. Yeah, tell me more. Are you really concerned about something? Something else is deeper going on. What else is happening? It does make me take pause and really think about it and 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 reflect on. Okay, well, maybe there is something deeper going on. Yeah, you have you, a story about about when we dropped Evan off at college. Mm-hmm. My oldest son. Um, gosh, our oldest son. When Emma and Evan went to college, those are two of our kids who are the same age. One is adopted, one's biological, but they functioned as twins their whole life. When they were going to college, Evan was going about a, a month earlier than Emma because he was going to be playing football for the school they had chosen to go to. And we'd been talking all their senior year about going to college, all that summer about going to college. And the day that we were to take him, it was like an all-day event. The football program had like a family picnic and meet the coaches and Finally, it was mid-afternoon. We'd been there kind of hanging out with the fo- other football freshman families all day. The head coach was like, hey, everyone, it's time to uh, freshman report to the locker room in 15 minutes. Freshman parents circle up and say goodbye. Uh, just like kind of barking orders the way a co- coach does. And I was like, 15 minutes? He wants to say goodbye right now? I'm not ready to say goodbye. Even though I know we have been talking about it for uh, like practically a year. And I turned around and looked at Evan and I just punched him in the chest. And I said, a a profanity and I was like let's make it noteworthy you're five four he's six two I mean I just punched him and I was like (laughs) blankety blank Evan I am not ready to say goodbye to you and he swiveled his head over to his dad because in his 18 years he'd never heard me curse before and you know you were crying and in 18 years he'd really never seen you cry and I now know that when we drove away he you know called his sister and was like college is going to be way worse than I thought because mom is cussing and dad is crying (laughs) like this is terrible but really I was mad but I was so afraid I was afraid of the change I was afraid of not having him in my everyday life even though on the outside I was ecstatic about where he'd chosen to go I was ecstatic about the man that he was becoming there were so many things about that situation that were good but we still have our own little things, insecurities and fears, and the enemy wants to find them and exploit them. And I think that's really what this day is all about. Yeah, and, and I, I remember that day so clearly. The, the ironic thing is we went two weeks later or three weeks later and dropped off Emma, and she was all prepared for us to get emotional and She's cry. like, are you going to cuss? Are you going to cry? Like nothing for <laughs> and me? And we're like, see you later. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, but it was, I think we had we had actually gotten ahead of our emotions and, and ahead of what what we were feeling and and so I don't know if even back then we were having conversations about punch first but but it, it became this kind of ev- evolution of a conversation about hey you know the deeper feeling or the deeper emotion is and it's okay to feel that way it's just we, we, we didn't want to transfer it to anger or frustration or irritation yeah and I think the last thing I was I just want to mention about this day this day and this idea is the enemy gets like free tickets like free mileage when he causes me to sin and it bothers other people because when I make a choice selfish um, sinful I can be kind of talked into thinking I'm the only one that has to deal with the consequences and I'm willing to deal with those consequences so I'm gonna go ahead and do that wrong thing because I can manage it myself and I'll just take my chances and like I can just self-justify poor choices thinking I'm the only one it impacts but the truth is when I sin it does impact the people around me and you and I have talked many times as two people that have leadership roles in an organization that's faith-based. If you and I mm, had some kind of overt public sin, it would impact us. It would impact the family we're raising. It would impact those that we minister to. It would impact those that that 
share their resources with this organization. It would impact those that we minister to in the field. It would have like just a simple, selfish, private choice you and I could make could have impact in all those concentric circles. And that's a big example. There are plenty of small examples, but I just, I think it's important for us to realize our choices because we've, we're interwoven community-based. This is how God designed the faith family. When we make sinful choices, the enemy will use it to hurt others. Yeah, this is paraphrased my, my, my probably my, my life leadership verse, because this also impacts our, our work community and our ministry is James 3, 15 and 16. It's wherever there's selfishness and envy, there's complete disorder. And I love that that reminder that if you see kind of chaos, disorder, it's probably rooted in some kind of selfishness or some kind of envy. And and usually that's rooted in some kind of a, uh, a mishap, a mistake, a relationship break, a sharp edge, um, not, not, a, not a table sharp edge, but a sharp edge on somebody. And I think that then has long-term, you know, has this domino effect of impacting people. So if we can get ahead of that mm-hmm. and we can look at where we might feel chaotic or at least check ourselves and go, okay, gosh, is my or is the way I'm acting right now impacting others? And is there going to be a domino? I think there are big things like you talked about being leaders in an organization and some major thing, but these are small things too. Mm-hmm. I think the small things sometimes add up, you know, we have this phrase, small problems become big problems, you know, they, they add up mm-hmm. and 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 so if we're not careful and you're not self-aware and alert then definitely the enemy wants to take those and drive them in and really it's into the thoughts of others or how others are, are receiving or perceiving and so i think it's it's definitely an important awareness for us to understand what this is i mean i my hope is that you would go and have these vulnerable conversations with people that are important to you and talk about how has your sin impacted them how has their sin impacted you? How can you work together to help minimize or mitigate the way the enemy wants to use our sinful natures to continue to advance his kingdom? We, we can't have it anymore. The stakes are too high. So uh, enjoy the conversations you have with friends and family and continue in this fight to punch first.